Recording in progress. So uh, River, who is um, uh, famous around certain circles of social media for, <laughs> well, for crypto trading and surfing and yoga and sort of uh, <laughs> holistic health, um, meditation, all kinds of different things. She wants to convince me that I'm wrong about, uh, that I'm wrong about hippies and their work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not going to promise that I'll convince you, but I'll certainly give a, a, a decent argument. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, the real conversation is actually about psychedelics, something which I'm very, very, very interested in. Um, but I had a tweet. It was, you know, sort of a provocative tweet. I, I, I like to take things that I have observed and they seem to be true to me, but I don't know if they're true. And then I'll mm-hmm. state them as if they're true. And I like to see when I get back. Uh, so... So I tweeted um, something to the effect of it's, it's possible that psychedelics like make you a better person and help you find a higher, you know, way of living, but it seems inevitable that they make you less useful to those around you. Uh, (laughs) And I'm telling you just from my own experience of observation. And that's one of the things that has kept me from trying it because like theoretically I'm very very interested in, in ayahuasca in particular from things well, I remember heard. you posted something on um what was the other social media pow ping uh, and um you I remember when it first started that social media you posted a really big thread about ayahuasca and you were asking questions about it I think in the in in was it specific about ayahuasca I don't know but that came up definitely in, in that thread of conversation and um yeah so that's 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 interesting that you've got the curiosity about it I believe yeah like you know I, I've, I've heard enough and, and learned enough and read enough that like theoretically it, it makes complete sense to me that there's a lot of things that potentially you can find um healing for things that you've gone through or just a different perspective on life that can be very healthy um but here's where, you know, part of what makes me not attracted to it. It's like, I just, I like, for one, I just like being in control of my faculties. At of all course. Times. I don't like, yep. I don't like getting drunk. Um, you know, yep. I don't like, I don't like anything where I don't feel like I'm in control of my faculties. Um, and I know that people are like, you just gotta let go, man. The I'm surrender like, yeah, is a really important part. And if you are that control kind of freak about everything, it, it can be a really difficult experience for someone to kind of let go and to let the medicine take yeah. its place right. and, and do it's what it's meant to do. So, so like, and I want to make clear, I'm not actually, I'm not making a moral judgment or even, or saying like that this is a wrong choice. Like it is possible that being in a more enlightened Zen like state and being in a better place personally um, is well worth losing your edge and your ability to create value or losing some of it for other people. I'm not saying that it's not, I'm only mm-hmm. commenting that I found it such a funny observation. Okay, here's the typical pattern. Right? Here's the typical pattern. <laughs> Go for <Okay>. it. <laughs> Especially if it's a young person. If it's an older yeah. person, maybe the pattern's a little different, but I've seen this many, many times. Usually a guy who gets his heart broken by a girl and he's having a very hard time figuring out mm-hmm. how to cope with it and maintain a sense of self-worth and whatever. And he's kind of fluctuating between like being bitter and being like depressed and feeling right. bad about himself. As, and somehow he, he, you know, maybe he explores things like the manosphere about like, yeah, like, yeah, whatever. And maybe he explores some other stuff and he's kind of trying to figure out how to, how to cope with this heartbreak. Right. 
And at some point he discovers psychedelics. Okay. And he goes and he, he takes, he drops some acid or does some mushrooms or does ayahuasca or whatever. And then he comes back and he's like, I am no longer because I look, I don't, I, I was looking for one person to love. We're all love and we're all connected and we're all, and he feels good. So he says, but he has lost his manhood. He has lost his edge. He has lost his competitive nature. He has lost right. his ability. And like, I've worked with people and I'm like, you're not reliable anymore. You say weird shit that doesn't make sense. You're just kind of off in Lala. You may be in a better place, but it feels to me like, I don't really, you're, you're, I kind of just got to hope that you grow out of it eventually, or else you'd never coming back and you're just not going to be that useful to people and not that reliable. And like, you used to be a killer, right? And like, to me, you know, you had something, you had, you had an edge and you had some ambition and like, and maybe you could say, well, those things are vain and those things are materialistic and those are shallow and those are fleeting. And he's, he's in a better place now, but I can't fully accept that. That's like, like, I just look at that and I'm like, I don't want that. Right. I, don't I get your be- point. I totally get your point. I think that a lot of people who go down this path and who do go down this, you know, quite spiritual route, that there is something, there are always those kind of triggering factors that, that bring you, that do bring you to that place. And a lot of what it is, is it's the unlearning. So you actually, you're going back to a place of, as you said, like you're, you're coming back to a place of, of internal, you know, it's such an internal journey, especially, you know, ayahuasca and even mushrooms can be in, in some circumstances, you know, you're going through this, it's very, very much internal and you kind of, you're losing all of the, how do you say, you kind of lose all of the things that you thought were true and that you lived your life by and you kind of have to make the, the process has to continue because what you're actually essentially doing is you're realigning with who you actually are. And so maybe someone is really, really good at some job or, or whatever else, but, you know, maybe it's not fulfilling for them. And maybe the reason why they're searching for this is to try and find something within them that is fulfilling, that is, you know, maybe their life purpose or I don't know, whatever someone takes out of it. But I think at the end of the day, the 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 intention of, of going and searching for these kind of avenues is, is really important too, because, you know, there are a lot of people who go down the road of, you know, oh, I just want to get fucked up or I just want to do this or I just want to, I don't know, like have this experience, but they're not quite ready. They don't have the intention to fully understand or to be able to fully surrender to the the experience, which can be, you know, I'll speak a little bit on, 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 on my, I, this last year, I, this last couple of years have been kind of really up and down for me. Um, I was in a pretty toxic marriage. I've got two kids. Um, you know, we ended up separating about a year and a half ago, probably just over a year and a half ago now. And, you know, in the journey of, of separation and going through all of that, I, I, I was already really quite sick. And one of the, the, the key factors of why I had to separate because I was having physical symptoms, like my body was just shutting down because it, it couldn't handle any more toxicity in any, in any form. And so like, it was literally a matter of life of death of separating from my husband. <laughs> like that was where well, we were. Well, at once point. upon a time, I would have, I would have found that hard to believe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after what I, I went through a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, where just my, my company struggling and having so much stress about the vision and direction of my company literally like broke my body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I completely, completely yeah. understand that. It was, it was crazy. I was going, you know, I was, I was so sick at the time. Like I I just had tumors popping up everywhere. Like the amount of damage that my body went through just because of literal emotional trauma, like it it was, it was, it was crazy. So after I separated, I spent a lot of time on my own. 
a lot of time on my own, almost a year, just kind of not doing anything, not connecting with anyone. And, you know, eventually I found my path, you know, you know, with surf and, and, you know, all different kind of circles and, and kind of aligning up with the people who I was meant to connect with. And after a while, um, and I did a lot of, you know, internal, I think a lot of the process of me being on my own was I did a lot of internal shadow work. I did a lot of uncovering my own without any help of anything external. No, no, ayahuasca didn't come yet, but a lot of the unbreaking of myself and getting myself back to my core and to be able to heal myself, the process of learning how to heal my body and to get able to heal, you know, other people as well, you know, learning about herbs, learning about so many different things, you know, kind of breaking down away from the medical um, mafia that we have today that didn't help me at all. So, you know, in the process of kind of healing myself, I got to a point where, you know, yoga helps with this as well. It kind of opens up your body to this, and your mind and your spirit to the, the abilities of what, of what can be. And I, after I discovered um, fluoride and all the problems with fluoride, and I went down that path, which is, you know, got about a year and a half ago now where I started all of that. Um, I got really interested in learning about the, the pineal gland, which I don't know if you know, but it's a little gland in the back of your head that most people it's calcified, right? Because of external influences, fluoride and all that kind of stuff. And so I kind of got obsessed a little bit with making sure that mine was like totally decalcified and I went through that whole process and you know I, I found that in a lot of my meditations I could I was starting to see like I'd close my eyes and, and and at some moments when I was in the right in the right state of mind I was hallucinating in my meditation which was kind of bizarre and kind of cool so that also set me up for when I went towards these you know I fell a really deep calling for ayahuasca. Ayahuasca was the first thing. I have a friend who goes every six months and she does this. It's a ceremony, right? Because ayahuasca is, is pretty intense. And so she does this thing every six months and, and it came up one time and I felt this really deep calling. I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And so my first experience was, was really quite peaceful, amazing. You know, you hear a lot of things and before you go in and I, I was already in a state of, I just, delivered myself I surrendered completely like I, I had already gotten to a point in my life where I just let life take me where it wanted to take me and so you know in that experience you know you're hearing oh you're gonna vomit you're gonna have this you're gonna have that you're gonna see this you're gonna see that and you know the thing to remember in these processes is that everything that you come that comes is is you it's all inside of you and so the first experience was super nothing happened really crazy like there was some really cool visions it was really beautiful you know it was in this beautiful place on top of the mountains and full of nature and so you know I felt like I had a, like a deep connection with nature and everything was so beautiful and it kind of came to the realization that I'm 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 kind of nothing but I'm also everything at the same time and so you know just a, it was a really fun trip but it was almost like in that trip that like the 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 medicine had almost gone through my cells and my DNA and kind of rewired everything to vibrate in gratitude, if that makes sense. So I went left out of there and, you know, just the feeling of gratitude kind of never left ever again. Like I could wake up in the morning, I just feel grateful for all of life. And that and still until today, I can wake up and just like that never ended. So that was a really nice lesson. But then I also had another experience about... Hmm, I think it must have been about three or four months ago now where I knew that there was, I knew that there was something that I needed to see or that I needed to come out that, that was stuck inside of me because a lot of my problems health wise, 
you know, everything kind of starts in your intestines and in, yeah. in, in, in your digestive system, right? And so I had this theory in my head and it, it just, sometimes I have these visions and I'm like, I have emotions trapped there that I need to get out. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I had and like they're, 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 they're that last little pivot point because I'm still having at that point, I was still having problems with my thyroid a little bit. I'd done a lot of work with ID and selenium and, and, you know, treatments, you know, holistic treatments to help my thyroid work naturally better, but I still had to take the medication. Right. And then I went on this, on this ayahuasca and I'm like, there is something inside me, all these emotions trapped that I, that I can't go. And the experience was, was quite bizarre, quite amazing because I literally, I surrendered to everything. And there was one moment in, in this, cause you, you kind of, you take the tea and there's like three or four servings and you go and you go into a deeper kind of trance and, you know, ayahuasca is, you don't move, like you sit and you get comfortable and you sit on your little cushion or your yoga mat or whatever with a blanket. There's usually like a fire. I don't know whatever the situation is, but you know, you don't move. It's very, very internal. Like there's, there's points where you cover yourself with a blanket where you kind of hide from the world and you go through all these influx of emotions. And at the very beginning, I remember that I, I was having a vision and like I turned into an angel and I went up to the sky and everything's like just beautiful and then I sat, this is in my, my trance, right? And I sat at the top looking up above everyone and the whole world. And I'm like, this is not, life is not perfect. So where is the darkness? Stop like telling my brain, like I'm trying to find the darkness, let the darkness out. Like I want to experience it all because I know that by feeling it all, I'm going to liberate all these inside toxins or whatever. And you have no idea. I went into this roller coaster of emotions like roller coaster and I fully surrendered like people were looking at me like she's gone mental and I had because I was going from like all these crazy emotions like I was it, it, it kind of simulated all the emotions I guess that I had the in the the feeling that it was even like ancestral um emotions that were stuck inside me like they were all just coming out so that I could experience them feel them get rid of them and, and kind of move on from them. And when I got back home, it just by accident, I just stopped taking my medication for thyroid, like total accident. And then I kind of realized a couple of weeks later, I'm like, Hey, I don't need this. <laughs> like I fully healed my thyroid. And of course I had a lot of work before that, but the last factor was really that, that liberation of getting rid of the, the stagnant emotions hmm. to be able to have my body fully, fully, fully working without any help of any medication whatsoever. So that was great. And, I, and that, and that's like, um, you know, that kind of story with ayahuasca in particular is what, you know, initially interested me and, and caused me to look, look deeply into a lot of this stuff. Do you feel that having had that experience that you sort of perpetually want to have more of that experience? Not necessarily, no. Not necessarily, no. I mean, there is certainly moments when I think, I think you've got to really feel the calling. It's not something that you just, you just go and do, you know, really nearly, you know, a couple of, I've, I've taken mushrooms a couple of times with friends in between and, and um, you know, had just a bit of fun and, you know, nothing too serious internally or spiritually, just kind of letting, riding the wave. 
But um, no, there's not really like it. I would need to get to a point where I need I'd have to have a proper intention, like a purpose yep. to to go and experience that again, because at the moment I don't really need to, you know, it's a very, yeah. very deep internal process. And it takes a lot of recovery afterwards to, you know, kind of processing everything that you experienced and, and you know, so it's not. Do you feel like if, if if everyone was doing this um, would like would society just die because nobody would want to grow food anymore or do, it or do anything? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that I, I you know, I don't, it's not something that everyone should be doing either. I think that it's something that you've got to really find that, that calling and, you know, not everyone is made to sit in an office working a, you know, 12 hour day. There are yeah. people who are yeah. fundamental in, in kind of finding these more spiritual paths, whether it's, you know, teaching meditation or yoga, or I don't know, growing organic farms, or, you know, there's a whole heap of other things that, you know, maybe someone who comes out of this experience might not be so suited for working in an office anymore, because potentially their actual purpose in life is way beyond that. And they can bring yeah. so much and, more. And, and like, and that's not a bad thing, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm joking. Like I don't, I, know. <laughs> I, have, I have no grand designs for society as a whole. I'm interested in each individual being as free as they can. And like, yeah, absolutely. Whatever that means. But I'm, I'm always just curious, like, I kind of like that I play with a chip on my shoulder and I've got an edge and I've got ambition and I have, and I have things that I want to build in the world. Um, and but it's not that someone who goes through this process doesn't have ambition. Well, it just that's what I want. That's what I want to ask you. A different like, sense of ambition. Do you know people who have, you know, done this kind of thing or do it regularly who you would still consider who have not just said like, now I'm going to retreat. So, so like, I know people who have been incredibly successful, like Naval Ravikant yeah. and then they start doing psychedelics and mm. now all they want to do is tweet about Buddhist right. things and like, it's cool, <laughs> but like, there's no way you ever would have been successful if you started doing that when you were 21 years old and you were just like, Hey man, all is one. Like, I'm curious if you know people who, you know, utilize these techniques and they still have a lot of drive and ambition to build things. And that Absolutely. Maybe well, I mean, I have a lot of drive and ambition to build things. Okay. Like I'm working on a, on, a, on a massive project right now that is, that is you know, but it, it is, you know, focused on this kind of holistic route, this, you know, yeah. yoga, meditation, you know, organic farming and, 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 you know, but you kind still of feel that-, that like you've got the same level. You don't just want to kind of like fly off into your, God, that would be nice if and- I could do that, but it's not a reality that's possible. <laughs> You haven't mastered it yet. <laughs> it's not a re- no, but I mean, like, I think, well, even for me, I have a friend who's actually, she's an astrologer. She's a professional astrologer. Astrologer. That's the word, right? She, 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 she reads people's um, astral maps and she does a whole heap of other things like human design. And, and this is a really interesting avenue and she's super motivated. And she does this like every six months just to kind of clean herself and clean her body. But I have a heap of friends who, who, but again, it's, you know, it's rare to find someone in a, a very professional, let's say, that kind of area that can, I suppose, maintain, continue to maintain that, that, that kind of momentum. Because once you start to understand your body, like not all of us are made in our souls, in our bodies and everything like that to be able to withstand, you know, 12 hour days, seven days a week, you know, we're just not made to do that. We need to have rest. We need to have this. We need to replenish ourselves. And and I think 
it's a it's I, I feel like it's almost like a turning point in society like you have the people who are kind of more going down this holistic healing route and I mean at the end of the day a lot of people who do go down this they want to share their stories with others as well to enable them to heal and to enable them to 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 find their inner purpose or their inner being you know kind of breaking away all of the expectations of society and and you know being free and being who you actually are and and doing things that ignite your soul and doing things that that you know bring I don't know whatever it is your purpose is to bring to the world you know so um but would do you think that it is always the case that let's say uh let's say uh, an ayahuasca experience or whatever mm. does it always make the person more of who they are, make them more true to themselves, or does it no, sometimes I don't think lead them astray? I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, re- a prerequisite. I, I really think the intention is really important. So the, the okay. purpose of, you know, the person who, who is, you know, going to this ceremony, I think that that is really important. And so you could, you could potentially get more lost than you were before. I think so. I think it's definitely possible, especially if you don't surrender to the process, you don't really understand your body in itself and, and what it's trying to do. You know, it can scare a lot of people probably. It can make them probably a bit crazy because all of these emotions might come out that they had hidden deep within them that they've actually held on to purposefully for a long time and all of a sudden they start kind of coming out. You know, it can be really scary for some people. like, Like the people that you'll find that will like quote, you know, Timothy Leary or Terrence McKenna a whole bunch, they're usually doing it exactly in the way that those guys would say, don't do it this way. <laughs> you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I mean, cause I can see that in small ways with like, you know, even things like caffeine or alcohol, right. There's, yeah. there are ways in which um, a cup of coffee in the morning can make me more of myself and can benefit me. There are ways in which caffeine can get me off my game and mess me up or same right. with alcohol. Like, right. and you know, when like, um, you can say there are cases where like, you know, having a, having a, a glass of whiskey to calm yourself and relax is actually really good for you to, to get back to who you need to be. And there are plenty of times like alcohol is very dangerous, right? We're yeah, like, for sure. oh, you're a more asshole version of yourself, Absol- you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so here's a, so here's a weird one. I want to get weird. Go, let's get weird. I know you're totally down with that. Um, let's get weird. <laughs> do you think that, because I've, I've heard a lot of, um, you know, this concept of like uh, the machine elves or like uh, the green lady or all, where people have this idea that there are actual entities associated with various plants or substances. Mm. And that by, you know, ingesting a particular hallucinogen, you're sort of, you're sort of opening yourself up to contact with uh, a particular, some form of extended consciousness or, or, you know, some disembodied spirit or something like that. Uh, What do you think of that concept? I think it's, I think it's, 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 I think every time you go, anything that comes is very, it's you, it's always you. So Mm -hmm. maybe the vision manifests into something else and you're, you might be speaking to another physical person in your imagination, right? But it's always you. And so sometimes your mind will do play tricks on you to try and make you understand because there are some people who only will kind of have those click moments of, of internal processes if they're speaking to someone else. And so maybe your mind has manifested another person, but it's actually you. Like these mm-hmm. things are coming from inside of you. No matter so what happens. Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. So no matter what what kind of appears to you, you at the end of the day, all of this thing, all of this stuff, it's it's... It's, it's only you. 
It's what you have inside you. What, Am I you? only you? You are only you. <laughs> so like right now, as we're do you like do you believe that as only in the context of a hallucinogenic experience that anything you experience is just you sort of probing your own self? I believe. Or do you so. believe that in all of life, you know, I'm just from your vantage point, I'm actually just a projection of you in some in some sense. Well, I believe that too because I believe because the thing is that the perception that we have of of what happens around us is you are definitely you and I am definitely me. However, my experience of my life with you, you know, when I come into contact with you is a reflection of, of me. And I'm, I'm with, I am, um, God, it's so hard being bilingual sometimes because I forget the word in in English. (laughs) The, 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 what I experience when I communicate with you or with anyone else or with any other, whatever it is, uh, is a reflection or is a manifestation of, of how I understand the situation, which comes from me, right? So I don't know. I think that everything is, is it, it comes internally, but it doesn't mean that other people don't exist, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does that yeah make I, sense? I, I ask that because, well, for one, I've always found it curious and interesting that, um, you know, you'll have these all sorts of cases where people all take the same substance and they all hallucinate the same thing. So it's like, okay, the substance must be removing some veil and letting them see something that exists objectively, whether okay. it's a, a realm of space time or an actual entity or creature or right. whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and that's an interesting question of itself, but it also, for people who are more, uh, who are both spiritually minded, not, not materialists, but also skeptical of hallucinogenics, which is a uh-huh. small number of people, but who would see. say something like, yep. well, if these are actual entities that you're interacting with, like you don't necessarily know what you're letting in, right? Maybe this is the, like, you might hear this from like an evangelical Christian or something right. like, well, those are demons. Right. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, and, and I think but they're that's eternal like demons. They come from you. You've got to cure the demons. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, um, yeah. yeah, but, but I think there's something interesting there in terms of, again, me being someone who like, I value autonomy and freedom a lot. And the idea of like, I don't necessarily want to put my consciousness in the hands of some unknown entity. Like, I don't know what the bargain is. What, what are they, but is it really in the hands of someone else? Or is it just that you're scared to go deep within yourself? I mean, it could be right. It could be Mm. that. Like I could, I could be just saying that as a, as a ruse because I'm scared to, you know, let go and, and explore my own, my own depths or whatever. Um, but there's, there's something interesting there. It's an interesting question and whether, whether or not it's an actual, you know, spiritual entity or being, there is something that definitely can happen. And I know you have said, like, obviously it's different for everybody. You want to do it in a different way, but, um, you know, growing up in, in a, in a Christian church setting, this is what people would call uh, the mountaintop experience, right? You go to some conference or whatever, some youth ministry thing, and you have this amazing mountaintop experience where you felt God and blah, blah, blah. And then you like come back and you're an asshole to everyone around you because you're grumpy that you're not back in the mountaintop. So then you become a conference junkie and all you do is go on mission trips and go to come because you just want the mountaintop. Right. And it, right. And just the connection. The Maybe Bible it's just the connection with nature that they were, that they were after. They just right, wanted the connection, right. like, the energy of, of nature. But that, but that there's something there that is a, that is a avoidance of the duty of being a human in a fleshly body Absolutely. for however long that lasts. That like, Absolutely. 
like uh, you know, that phrase comes from in, in the New Testament, Jesus takes a couple of the apostles up on uh, disciples up on the mountain and they, and he's like transfigured and this is glorious scene. And they're like, we should build a house. We should stay here forever. And he's like, no, that's not, you know, we're not going to do that. We're he's still like, having a staff. human experience. Yeah. We have work yeah. to have experience and yeah. just the kind of, and again, like this is where like Gnosticism is very interesting to me, but there's a part of it that feels um, like it's trying to escape response. Like, like why try to run away from the material body or the material world instead of trying to integrate with it and exactly. not? Exactly. Well, that's me, the I've ultimate lesson. But that's the ultimate lesson, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's it's how to bring the wisdom and the light and the things that you experience into into the human experience. Back we, with we, you. Yeah. We're not. We're not. We're not. You know, it's all well and good to think that we can sit there in fairyland up and you know for forever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we've got it. We've we're living a human experience. We are humans. We are here. We have duties. We have responsibilities you know, and, and accepting fully all of that, you know, even with this kind of all this COVID crap that's going on right now, right? You can say bullshit if you want to. Bullshit, all the bullshit. <laughs> anyway, I kind of, I've turned off from that because you know what was happening to me? Because I was, I, after my second ayahuasca experience, I felt like I was, I, I was really isolating myself from living a human experience because why? Because I had this, this, I, I have this ideology about, COVID and, and about the vaccines and about the government and about all that kind of stuff, except what was I doing? I was, I was using that and I was projecting it onto people who didn't quite understand and who, who weren't ready to understand or who didn't want to understand or, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm in turn, I'm isolate. I'm not just diminishing those people that I'm projecting this onto. I'm actually isolating myself from the rest of the world. And I want to be here to live a human experience and, and mm. be able to share light and love and, and, maybe in some way, you know, live by example. And so how can I do that when I have these, you know, such strong beliefs of, of, of all of this stuff that's going on in the mm. world? And so I have to step back a little bit. And this is one of the huge, the biggest lessons because it opened me up to so much, you know, once I got back from that second time. And I said, I said, I actually posted on Twitch. I'm like, I'm not talking about COVID ever again. And I haven't, and I haven't, and it opened the doors to so many things because I've met so many wonderful people. You know what? Everyone that I know is taking the vaccine. Everyone that I know. They asked me if I want to take the vaccine. I said, I'm not going to take it. We have a level of respect there. And I also have to respect that their choice is that. And a lot of the things too is that, that I have learned to understand and respect of other people because of this experience with Ayahuasca and connecting with myself and being able to, you know, understand that the projection that I give onto the world comes back to me as well. Is that if I give the people, if I give the people around me the room to just be themselves, you, you get to see that you know you you get above these labels and these these things these perceptions that we have of, of such a basis of nothing you know it's just a label or it's just a this or it's just a that and we can get to truly love and, and get to know someone when we permit them to be exactly who they are and what I find with a lot of the people that live here because the media is so strong and all that kind of stuff is that actually the act of getting the vaccine is something that brings hope for a lot of people. And even though, you know, it's totally against what I believe in and what I understand to be true, just the act of, of people going and getting this vaccine, God knows what it is, but they come back and they're more hopeful and they're happy and they're posting photos on social media. Yes, it's this. Yes, it's that. It's, it's amazing. Like I can go and live my life now. Like people stopped living. 
And now that they're getting the vaccine, they think that they have the, the right again to, to start getting their lives back to normal. So for a lot of, you know, being able to understand that on the other side, even though it's totally different to what I would live, how I would live my life, but being able to get to that point of level of understanding and, and love, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's love. It's funny, as you say, that, it's, it's almost like um, to the extent that the vaccine is a placebo, um, we ought not to right? like, like the, the, the rationalist materialist will get really mad at, oh, well, this, this thing doesn't work. It didn't do any better than the placebo. I'm always right. like, well, what's, what's amazing is the placebo. The fact that placebos actually work is like a really powerful thing that you shouldn't get grumpy about. Um, I, I, I think that's a, that's a really interesting point. You know, it's funny as you're talking about the, you know, this idea of like integrating the experience, bringing something back with you. It makes me think of the sort of the classic hero's journey, um, you know, arc of there's, there's a part in that arc of, um, you know, you go and you get the magic elixir, right. And, right. and but, but you bring it back. Right. And so yep. you'd see the the classic, uh, the star Wars, you know, the original star Wars trilogy, Luke has to go to Dagobah. He's got to go to this planet and train with Yoda. And I very much relate to Luke when he goes and he trains for a little bit and he sees that there's real stuff to it, but he's like, okay, I got to go now. I, there's too much out in the world. I have to go out there and I have to yep. go do these things. Yeah. And he leaves before the training is done. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think a lot of people are, are maybe in that spot where it's like, they just, they don't want to go in there, but then there's other people who never want to leave Dagobah. They just want right. to stay there the whole time. Right. <laughs> and that's not the point either. It's to, it's, it's to yeah. take what you find and to bring that back with you in some meaningful way. Absolutely. Um, so that's find why I love a meaningful way to bring it back. instances of how you have yep. brought something with you that's transformed you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, never ending. <laughs> so I'm curious a little bit more on the, you know, the, the experience itself with ayahuasca and, and just your thoughts on, um, you know, you mentioned before, like emotion being stored in certain places and things like that. And, and, and mm -hmm. once upon a time, I would have thought that was like kind of silly, probably unlikely. And as I, as I started to research a lot, mostly due to my own health issues, um, yep. which began with a, with a, thyroid. like a thyroid storm, um, that took me to the ER. It was, it was really intense. But like the fact that it manifested in my throat and my upper chest, like I started doing a lot of research and thinking about it. And I was like, I don't think this is, I don't do think this speak? is a mistake. Do you, do you feel like sometimes that you don't speak what you need to speak? Do you feel well, like you hold in? Yeah. What's funny is when this happened. So like, I, I am not somebody who holds in. I, if anything, I speak too much. <laughs> but, but when this happened, I think what was going on was like, what I wanted to be true um, versus what I knew deep down was actually true right. were divergent. And so okay. I was going out and I was pitching my company as something that I wanted to be the truth. But deep down, I think that was different from what I knew was my, my truth. Right. Interesting. Right? How it manifests. And it, and it, <laughs> and it damn near killed me. It yep. damn near killed it me. It does. I mean, Gotta live truth. A, it <laughs> experience, but, but it's, you know, so I started studying all this stuff and everything from like, because I tried all kinds of stuff and certain things really surprised me. I like acupuncture, like the first time it did nothing. Acupuncture is amazing. The second time it almost was like, it was almost like a hallucinogenic experience, not with like the intensity, but I had no. like something released when there was like one particular spot. And you feel it somewhere else. And I felt it somewhere else. And then my yeah. whole body had this like 
slight buzzing vibration to it that felt like a tuning fork. Like I like when I'm tuning a guitar, if you're tuning a guitar to another instrument, to another guitar, another piano, yeah. they're trying, you can tell that they're, and then once you get them tuned, they all of a sudden, whoop, they sync up. It's and crazy. It felt like it? it was trying to sync up and then it just whoop, settled in and like my body literally was at a frequency that finally was in tune with itself. And I could like- Love it. Yeah. It was a very, very strange experience. Acupuncture um, is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> is your, as you're continuing in this journey, like, do you have a, a, do you have like a plan or a process for yourself or do you kind of just take it as a step at a time? And, and when you feel in your gut, oh, I have more stuff to work on and I think it's related to X, Y, and Z emotion or this part of mm-hmm. my body and I need this therapy. Is it kind of just intuitive or is there like a roadmap? In the sense of, of living life and, you know, not necessarily professional, but internal in that, in this sense, it's very much present moment. And I think you re- it's very, very, very important to live in the present, but also be grateful for all that you have been through and that you've come to and, and to where you are today to bring the gratefulness to the present moment. And then in that sense, if you can, if you can be fully present, you can then recognize, okay, okay, I'm feeling this emotion right now. I need to do, you know, I need to just kind of feel it and meditate on it, or I need to understand it and release it because consciously I know that if I don't feel an emotion, it's going to end up somewhere. It'll eventually manifest, you know, physically or whatever. So it's really important for me to be able to address the emotion in the moment and, and understand what I'm feeling and to be able to release it and let it go. So that it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, end up manifesting into something else. So it's very much a present moment. And, and you kind of go through, it's like, you like imagine life is like a spiral, right? So you, you're going through life and you're here and you, you experience something in this moment. And then life comes around and you're, you experience maybe the same or similar situation again, except you have a bit more knowledge now because you're a bit more conscious about what's happened for. And so you can, like, it gets a little bit easier as it all goes on. And you can recognize almost instantly, the more you kind of go through these processes over and over and over again, that what your body needs and, and understanding, you know, your spiritual and physical needs in that moment, whether it's, oh, I, I'm, I'm accumulating too much energy, so I need to exercise. I need to practice yoga, or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing too much now, so I actually need to rest my body and I need to allow it to heal, or you know. And so, like, you kind of can go through life with a little bit more consciousness every single time that you experience whatever it is that is in the present moment. And I think it will just keep the lessons in life won't ever stop. It's not like it's something that you get to a point and you're like, oh, I've reached this this level here and I'm, I'm good at this level. No, life keeps going and you're going to keep learning and you're going to keep experiencing. And sometimes you're going to get knocked down again and you're going to have to get back up again. And, and it just keeps kind of flowing. So you got to be present. You got to be here. <laughs> no, I, I love that. It's, it's funny for me, the, um, you know, the path, a lot of these self-realizations took was, you know, my, my sort of broader philosophy on, you know, the world or political philosophy, whatever is, it's like, hey, every individual, it's very individual based. Every individual should be free to do whatever they want. People are different. You can't treat them all the same. And I, right. I went very deep years ago down the sort of biological diversity road, reading right. like Roger Williams and stuff that like people are not these uniform lumps of clay that you just put them all in a school system. Yep. And they all come out the same. Everybody Absolutely. Needs- and then it took me a long time to realize that also applies to me within my daily life. So like I'm yep. not the same person from day to day or phase to phase or year to year. 
So why would I assume that the same routine of get up at this time, do this kind of exercise or like, Oh, well, I'm just in a rut. It's just not working right now. Just power through. And it's like, well, no, I might need to, I might need to change it because you, I, you can't apply the same routine across all phases of your life. Absolutely like I'm in a not. phase now where I need way more rest and sleep than right, I Right, exactly. Had. And I, and, and so I give yourself the permission, but give yourself the permission to rest. Yes. Your body yeah. needs it. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a huge, that's been a huge realization. I also um, feel really guilty for resting. So I feel you there, but I, <laughs> but I yeah. know because I get to a point where I'm just so run down and I, and it like, if you don't stop when the first calls come, life will make you stop at one point or another. It'll give you a disease. It'll give you something else. It'll give you something that you actually need to, you know, force yourself to rest for. So yeah, that concept, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's a, there's a book by this title. I've actually not read the book, but the title alone was like a breakthrough concept for me. Uh, the body keeps the score. Mm. Um, it's a, it just like, whether you know it or not, you know, you're, if you're not dealing with something up front, it's getting yeah. stored somewhere. Exactly. Um, exactly. And it's going to, so I'm curious what, one particular aspect of ayahuasca, and maybe this is true of other things. And I'm curious if you've had this experience that I've heard mm-hmm. that I find very intriguing is the experience of um, basically viewing parts of your past as a, as an observer, as sort of a third party observer and in a way to kind of like um, learn from it or maybe make peace with it. Um, have you had that experience? I haven't, but I'll tell you why. Um, but I, I'll, I'll, I have friends who have had experiences with, you know, looking back on their past. When I, when I, the first time I took Ayahuasca and the second time as well, I had already done so much shadow work internally that I had already totally forgiven everything that happened in my past. I, I had come to such a peaceful level mm. of, of my past and everything that I experienced and, you know, a lot of internal work before I, I got to Ayahuasca. So it's normal that I didn't see anything from my past because there was nothing left to kind of heal. I'd already become at peace with absolutely everything that I, that I experienced. But one of my friends, the last time we went there, she had a, uh, she's like, I, it's something that she couldn't, she'd never remembered for years since it had happened. She had a, a boyfriend when I think she was like 18 or 19. And it was a, you know, one of those toxic teenager relationships or whatever. But when they broke up, she told him to try and keep him that she was pregnant, but she wasn't pregnant. And so, and then she told him that she lost the baby, but she wasn't pregnant. And so that memory came back up as, as like kind of as something that needed to be resolved during this experience in Ayahuasca for mm-hmm. her. And she was saying beforehand that she was, she was, you know, really interested in having a baby with her boyfriend at the time, you know, they'd been together for five years and they were, they were really wanting to have a baby, but they just couldn't. And then she had this experience, you know, that this old boyfriend came up. And so she's like, I feel like I really need to tell him that it was a lie, that I lied to him, that I, that I wasn't pregnant, that I, that I didn't lose a baby. And so she did. And the next time I saw her, which was about a month later, she was pregnant. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty wild. That, crazy. That's pretty wild. Yeah. It, it's funny. The, um, you know, so my wife and I, after our, our son, who was a surprise and we were, you know, um, thought, well, we'll get, we'll have more kids right away and just, you know, have a bunch of kids. Yeah. Well, we couldn't get pregnant for five years and we thought, well, I guess we're not going to get pregnant again. So we adopted and everybody yeah. said, well, once you adopt, you'll probably get pregnant. Um, we adopted then we got pregnant again. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is so, so, so common. And it's all about that release of emotions, exactly. all the pent up, the hope, exactly. the stress, the fear. 
You just give, you surrender and you say, okay, exactly. Okay. It's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden the maternal instinct turns on for that adoptive baby and you're yep. just being a mother and you're in the, and like your you're body leaving it. You're responds. living exactly. Yeah. 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 Which yep. is, it's so common that like everybody makes jokes about it and everybody knows that this is a common thing, but like, it's so true. Even like without even adopting, like you hear of so many couples who just stop trying the treatments, like the IVF yep. and all, they just stop, they give up. They think it's not in the cards for me. And then I don't know, a month later, they're, they're naturally pregnant. It's, yeah. it's yeah. They make their peace. You surrender. Mean, you know, yeah. it's, like, uh, it's like, we got to tell, uh, you know, guys who are trying to catch a girl, like once you finally genuinely don't care if you get her anymore, then, right. then she comes running after you. <laughs> Hang on. We've got out. Oh, I think you froze. Oh, there so you did go. You. You're back. <laughs> You're back. Um, so um, I'm curious, like what, when you see people in the world, you know, and you, and you see the ways in which they probably have things to deal with and baggage and whatever, do you feel like, man, I wish, I wish that everybody would just do this one thing Not or, okay. Like, like well, I guess what what is your thought? Is it kind of like I think that everyone is is you've got to super respect that not everyone is going to go through, you know, I can definitely give my experience to people who come and search from for for me for help. And I hope that I am able to build myself up so that I am able to help people and heal people because I have literally healed myself of you have no idea how many diseases, but it's like I, I hope that I can get to a level where I am seeked out to help people, but I'm never going to, I'm never going to ever, you know, I've learned that already, you know, that I'm, I can't push my ideology on people. I can't force people to want to heal themselves. I can't force people to want to look inside themselves. You know, everyone has their own journey and the, the best you can do is plant some seeds along the way and hope that, you know, that might trigger some internal healing, you know, same thing. Like, deal with it you know you're driving on the road and you know I'm all in peace and I've got my music playing and then there's this guy honk 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 or like you know swerving in and out you know angry as hell about life and I think you know I was there I used to be like that like I've you know I I really hope that you find some peace and you know that's that's kind of where I am right now I really I'm here to 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 be an ear or to you know give some pointers on on various health topics or you know spiritual topics or whatever but I think that people really need to seek it out people need to want to people need to want it like you can't you can't change someone's being yeah yeah you know it's funny I'm always curious if there are you know because to me like the ideal um the ideal experience of, you know, healing with a ayahuasca or something like that would be one in which you're a better person and nobody necessarily even knows, like, not, not like you shouldn't talk about it, yeah. but like, like yeah. I always wonder, are there people that I love working well, with? Well, probably nobody knows with? that I took ayahuasca until, you know, and I've, I've been on this process for like a year and a half. So right. I think yeah. Like, like so, so how many, so how many of those people are for, for every one person, <laughs> who won't shut up about it and who I'm like, right. oh my God, if that's what happens to you, well, who would want to do that, right? I wonder how right. many there are that are just quietly that you don't even know about. part of a, you know, improvement process. Yeah. So basically the TLDR of this conversation is that <laughs> um, you can, you can be a hippie and still be productive. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can bring the lessons that come with you in the hippie land into the real life. And that's the well, real the challenge. That, that's the, the real thing challenge. That muddies, the, the thing that muddies the waters is often, often the kind of people that I feel like sort of never want to leave the cave, so to speak. Um, they're also smoking a bunch of pot, uh, which, <laughs> which like, I have nothing in smoking pot, I guess. It just feels like <laughs> the like total... I don't want to do anything now. Right. Sort of like coping yep. drug. Yeah. Um, and but that, that's the thing is that, that, that the thing that get the people get stuck in it, right? Like, for example, like you asked me if I if I'm searching to do this again, and I'm not really at this moment because you know, I think the people that get stuck in it, they don't realize that they need to actually heal. And maybe they don't, they haven't brought that consciousness into them that there is a lot of things that they could be healing and working on con, you know, proactively, mm. except the process of healing itself, maybe that's the addictive thing. And maybe they, 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 they're not ready to surrender to all of that just yeah. yet. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I can, I can relate to that. Like, let's take a physical metaphor for that. Like, um, you know, so say I've got all kinds of tension and discomfort and I go get right. a massage, the massage feels incredible, mm -hmm. but I know that to, to heal the problem long-term, I have to start standing at my desk more. I have to start doing stretches Yep. Right. And I got I got to do things all the time, but I would rather just keep going and getting a massage as right. often as I can, it feels really good, you know, and it's easy. I don't have to do any work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, River, uh, this is a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot I know of we fun. had it scheduled before and it got canceled. I'm glad you yeah. brought, you called me out on social media. You said, Isaac is, Isaac is afraid to have this. He's avoiding me. <laughs> just like I'm avoiding that ayahuasca experience. <laughs> my wife and I have said for, for some time now, like both of us are very interested in like, I think it's gotta be, if we try some, some sort of ayahuasca thing or whatever, it would have to be like either the kids are grown and, and whatever, yeah. or, 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 because you're going to be, it'll be like a holiday for the two of you, like come to Brazil or go to Costa Rica or something yeah. like that. Like make a trip out of it, go to the, the roots of, you know, where it comes from and, yeah. and have the full yeah. on experience. And, yeah. Make it a real experience. Yeah. Cause I'm yeah. not, um, I think, I think I would hold in the back of my mind, all the shit that I'm responsible for. Right. And I'd be like thinking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Plus also, I don't want to come back a, a lazy hippie too. So <laughs> <laughs> no, River, uh, th this was, this was a ton of fun. I, I guess, um, if I were to, if I were to take that tweet that spurred this all, uh, would I amend it? Maybe, maybe it would say something like, um, you know, taking psychedelics very well may help you find a better version of yourself. Uh, but in some cases, if you're not in carefully doing it for the right reasons, you very well may become uh, less useful to those around yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. If the intention's not right or if you're not willing to surrender to the process, then maybe you do become yeah, less, you, use, less useful use with to caution. society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like a the person who won't shut up about how awesome it is is probably not the person who needs to take it. And probably, probably, probably. <laughs> and the person who's like very skeptical is probably the one that needs to find a way to get comfortable and try it. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Each to their um, own. <laughs> no, this this was awesome. Thanks so much, River. Well, thank uh, you. We'll keep, I'll keep following. Um, you know what happens if you start to become more and more disconnected from reality with your tweets, <laughs> then I'll know that you've done one too many ayahuasca trips in the jungle. Just and if you notice me, keep a close eye on me. Apart, um, from stress, then you'll know that I have done one too few ayahuasca. <laughs> we'll all go back to the balance every eventually. <laughs> right.
We'll talk to you later. See you. Ah. <laughs>